born. Neo often gets attached to the beginning of words by a hyphen to change or adjust the meaning of the word. For example, neoconservative, neo-feudalist, neo-dog lover, etc. All of these are used to describe a kind of person who is reviving a style or movement that doesn't exist anymore in its original form. When something is very young or very new to the point of being only partially formed, it's embryonic. This is another easy one to remember because it gets its meaning from a word that we all know and understand, embryo, which is any unborn plant or animal that is still in the earliest stages of development. The word doesn't have to be used only to describe an organism, though. It has much broader possibilities beyond that. For example, the plans for the new building are, at this point, embryonic. In fact, they consist of a little sketch on the back of a cocktail napkin. Your plans to paint the streets of the town to look like the yellow brick road are past the embryonic stage, but you still have to get started. It's important to note that when something is embryonic, it is still unformed. When someone is callow, however, they are fully formed physically, only immature. Callow means youthfully naive, inexperienced, and unsophisticated. The patient was alarmed by the callow Dr. Hauser. He looked too young to have graduated from high school, much less medical school. Often it's when someone tries hardest not to appear callow that their callowness is most apparent. Driving fast cars, smoking filterless cigarettes, and skipping class are all callow pursuits, despite what the people doing it might think. Sticking with the raw theme of this first group, let's look at impromptu, which means done without preparation or on the spur of the moment. Peter had hoped that we would think the meal was impromptu, but everyone knows that souffle, matzo balls, and duck à l'orange take hours of preparation. Since we were stuck in the woods without supplies and were anxious to avoid the deadly bolts of lightning, we pulled together an impromptu shelter of branches, leaves, and paper from our notebooks. An impromptu story about why you didn't show up until 3.30 in the morning might be called a lie. But only if it wasn't true. Now, progeny is anything that represents offspring or descendants. This can apply to people, places, or things. Mr. Snatch is rich in nothing but progeny. He says he'd rather have a million children than a million dollars. And if progeny is the word for the offspring, then the word for the parent or creator of that offspring is progenitor. Both words contain the root gen, spelled G-E-N, which often refers to creation or birth or beginnings, as in genesis, engender, or even simply gene. Next on the list is overture, which most people know as the music that happens at the beginning of a concert or show. That is, in fact, one of its meanings, but it can also mean the first move or opening offer, often with romantic undertones. For example, during the overture to West Side Story, Izzy, who wanted desperately to mate with Suki, made several overtures to her. She rebuffed those overtures, and as a result, no new baboons were born. An overture need not necessarily be romantic, however. Any opening move can be described as such. At contract time, for instance, management's overture to the union was rejected out of hand. They wanted much higher wages. Another way to get things started is to inaugurate them. The president begins his term with an inauguration. Anything that is given an official start can be inaugurated. The new scout program was inaugurated on Saturday at the treatment plant. I'd like to inaugurate the next example, if I may.
And you may. Why, thank you. Here it is, then. I give you fledgling. Fledgling means young, inexperienced, or immature. A baby bird is always called a fledgling until it's able to fly. Then it is said to be fledged. Lucy was still a fledgling caterer when her deviled eggs gave the whole party food poisoning. Full-fledged means complete or full-grown. Now that Lucy is a full-fledged gourmet chef, her eggs are the toast of the town. Fledgling marks the end of the first half of our first group, the raw and the cooked. Before we move on to the second half and cover those words that cover the cooked, let's review the words we just talked about in short order. Here they are. Neophyte. A beginner or novice. Fledgling. Inexperienced or immature. Benighted. Ignorant or unenlightened. Inaugurate. To begin officially or to induct into office. Overture. An opening move or preliminary offer. Impromptu. Done without preparation, on the spur of the moment. Embryonic. Undeveloped or rudimentary. Callow. Immature and unsophisticated. Progeny. Offspring. Children. Now, for the key ingredient in our Word Smart recipe. We're going to add a person to the mix. A person who will use the raw words in context so you can really get a feel for how they work. After all, if the words never get off this tape and into the mouths of real people in the real world, then I ask you, what's the use? Let's listen, then, to child psychologist Abigail Throbegin. Yes, well, I've discovered that few interactions are as poignant as those between youngsters attempting to start romantic relationships for the first time. The opening move is usually made by the young male. Typically, such an overture involves the giving of a gift. The official start of the relationship, the inauguration, if you will, can be said to occur when the young female accepts that gift. These moments are rarely impromptu and are often planned days in advance. Even after she accepts the gift, be it flowers, candy, or even a cigarette, the relationship is still considered to be in its embryonic stage, that is, still largely undeveloped, until she offers a gift of her own. More sophisticated, less callow lovers, of course, often devise more complicated schemes to ensnare a mate. However, few moments are as fresh, simple, and joyous as the one in which a young romance transforms itself into a full-fledged love affair. And few individuals are as full of hope and, shall we say, energy, as a neophyte lover who is experiencing another person on an intimate level for the very first time. Some might argue that no one else is more in the dark, for such a benighted young person can have no knowledge of the pain that awaits them at the moment of their love's demise. Oh well, they'll learn. And if you think that's something, you should see how parents react when they see their progeny behaving just the way they used to. Well, that covers the raw words. We'll revisit these words again during the review at the end of the section. For now, though, let's hit some words from the cooked half of the group. Now, these words don't necessarily represent things that have been cooked in an oven, only things that have been around for a while and are not, well, raw, so to speak. In other words, permit the metaphorical nature of our category names, won't you? I will. But do, let's get started. We'll pull no punches with our first word. It's a goodie. Antiquity, which means ancientness or having to do with ancient times. 
The slow speed at which Rudy was driving was not surprising, considering the antiquity of his car. It was made in 1904. Layla adored studying ancient history. She's always had a love of antiquity. Overpriced chairs and other furniture from the olden days are antiques. Objects or ideas that are too old-fashioned to be of use are called antiquated. Someone who studies antiquity is called an antiquary. Get the idea? When something is really showing its age, when it's gray or white from too many years, when it's hard or stale from sitting around too long, it's called hoary. Hoary? Doesn't that mean whore-like? Get your mind out of the gutter, woman. No, it doesn't. You may have heard the term hoary chestnut. That means an old joke or idea that's no longer current or funny. Or how about the dog's hoary muzzle and cloudy eyes clearly indicate her advanced years? The notion that a woman's place is in the home is a hoary idea. A few people still think it holds true, and they are usually pretty hoary themselves. Don't confuse hoary with trite, which means overused. Hoary means old in a crusty or stale sort of way. A hoary joke like "Why did the chicken cross the road?" antedates more current jokes about NASA's failures by about a hundred years. Antedate means to be older than or to have come before. Ballet antedates break dancing by at least a century, even though dancers continue to be a fussy and self-absorbed group. The root "ante," spelled A-N-T-E, means before or in front of, and is often part of words that mean old. Antediluvian, for example, means incredibly old. Ante means before, and diluvian means flood, as in the flood, the big one, the one that Noah survived. So, antediluvian means literally before the flood, or in other words, really super old. Shakespeare's plays may not be antediluvian, but they do antedate those of Neil Simon by nearly 400 years. You can imagine whose plays are still going to be around 400 years from now, when Shakespeare will still antedate Neil Simon by several centuries. But who can say what the next millennium will hold for us, fast approaching as it is? A millennium is a period of a thousand years. We're living in the 1900s or the end of the second millennium. The new millennium approaches, you know, and I want to get good seats. That's only a few years away, so I'd better start shopping now. I want to look good for posterity. Posterity, posterity means future generations, descendants, and the world in which they'll be living. Dina is saving her diaries for posterity. She hopes her kids and grandkids will enjoy them. I wear army boots with lace lingerie so that posterity will remember me as unique. Posterity will ask the question, "Who was the coolest one of all?" And I want the answer to be me. You may think you look different, but the fact is that outfit is just part of a larger continuum of loopy ensembles. A continuum is anything that is a continuous whole without any clear divisions into parts. The spectrum of visible light is a continuum in which each color blends into its neighbors. The next cooked word is incumbent, which means Currently holding office, the incumbent dog warden would love to surrender his job to someone else, but no one else is running for the job. Those were adjectival versions of the word. Here it is as a noun. In a political race, the incumbent is the candidate who already holds office.
Incumbent also has a secondary meaning, which means something like obligatory. In that case, it's generally followed by the preposition upon. For example, it is incumbent upon you as my love slave to make me feel good all the time. Ah, and it's incumbent upon you as a person striving for sanity to wake up and get a grip. Incumbent. I think we'd better quickly move along and cover the final word in this group. Aboriginal. This is another word with two meanings. First, native, and second, dating back to the very beginning. The Aborigines of Australia are the earliest known human inhabitants of Australia. While working on the subway tunnel, we discovered pottery and netting from the island's Aboriginal inhabitants. Okay, time for a quick review of the words from the second half of the group, the raw and the cooked after which we'll hear from a soul who can really breathe some life into these words. Here are the words. Continuum. A continuous whole without clear division into parts. Antidate. To be older than, to have come before. Antiquity. Ancient times. Aboriginal. Native or dating back to the very beginning. Millennium. A period of a thousand years or a thousandth anniversary. Incumbent. Currently holding office or obligatory. Posterity. The future and future generations. Hoary. Stale, gray, or white with age. Great. It's people time again, folks. Time to hear how these words work when used in everyday speech, where, after all, they matter most. Listen to them, memorize them, use them. Here, then, is Master Chef Mackie Baudelaire. Hello, hello, welcome to Chez Mackie Baudelaire, your home away from home. Tonight we celebrate the oldest foods from my native land, aboriginal delicacies which entertain even such classics as the French fry and the Catherine Deneuve. We shall look back, my friends, way, way back into antiquity tonight to find our recipes. As the year 2000 approaches and we prepare to celebrate the new millennium, we must take stock of what has come before. And few things bind us to our past and illustrate the grand flow of history quite like well-prepared food. Food erases the arbitrary divisions of historical eras to reveal the true continuum of life. What's more? future generations will want to know what we ourselves were like, and I say to them, look to our food. Let posterity know that we were at least good eaters. Oops, I see that you have spilled your salt. We must throw a pinch over your shoulder to ward off bad luck. Do